0: Wakey Whiffle Nation, Josh Smith here, and it's Friday, April 21st, TGIF. I'm here to guide you into the weekend. Some of you are hopefully preparing to play in your very own season games or tournaments this weekend. As for me, the Huntington Whiffle League doesn't fire up until next weekend on April 29th. One more week of waiting for me. I don't know if I can take it. But it has been about four years since we've had any official play at the HWL. And that's got me to thinking about the last time that we had, that me anyway, has had such a lull in play. And the last time I had one was back in 2011 when the GDWL died. And that ultimately led to the foundation of the HWL. But there was also a project that I started in that year um, that went on for a few years. And it's a project that I mentioned from time to time here, but I haven't really dived into much detail on. There's many reasons for that, but the primary reason is, I presume, many of you probably know what I'm talking about when I mention some of this stuff in passing. But the fact is, you know, in this sport, there's been some people probably age out of that either from just life, you just have things going on, or ability. And this is a game of players and participants, uh, participants that have been changing over time. You know, probably the most popular league right now from my vantage points, MLW. These are all guys that are barely old enough to drink. So, these are people that really have not been around uh, during my time. So, I, I really shouldn't take it at face value that everybody knows what I'm talking about when I mention this project in passing in the past year. So, I thought maybe I could g- provide some background on what this project was. And I'm, of course, talking about Whiffler's Digest when I say the project here. So, what my aim in this episode is to discuss what was Whiffler's Digest you know what? What the goal was of that? Who was, what was? You know, kind of the house of W here. Who? What? When? Where? And you know what I learned from that? Uh, why did I do it? Why did I stop doing it? And, and all these different things. So I used to get questions about it all the time, and uh, when are you going to bring it back? And all this other stuff. So I just thought, you know, the, uh, there's been a considerable period of time that has went by. <laughs> since I stopped doing with Whiffler's Digest, and uh, I wasn't really sure what to talk about today, and I figured, you know, uh, it was something that was on my mind, just because we're on sort of the eve of getting ready to start playing in my league, and um, I-, I have a lot of jitters and excitement about doing that, and uh, I'm sort of in that same headspace that I was when we first started the league, it's sort of like starting over, and... Um, I just thought, you know, I would like to kind of talk about that today, and there's like an entire different generation (laughs) of probably wiffle ball players and maybe listeners, I don't know if there's really going to be much interest in hearing this story, but uh, I felt like it was one that would be cool to tell today. was Whiffler's digest that's kind of a difficult thing to summarize so <laughs> uh, Whiffler's digest was a online it was an online Wiffleball news blog at first and then uh, it grew into a magazine but also it was a forum uh, it, it was many things but primarily it served as a a, a wiffle ball news blog and magazine that I ran. Uh, and it just sort of. So basically, the National Wiffle League Association had this very lively uh, message board that was absolutely elemental <laughs> in uh, communicating ideas. It was this laboratory where everybody bounced ideas. Somebody like. You had immediate access to people like Pat Truck Moriarty and Brian Myers and commissioners from all over the country. You could talk to Blaine Milam down in Wiffle, Atlanta, or you could talk to, you know, uh, Nate in uh, on the Pacific uh, Northwest there. You could you could really just <laughs> just kind of chat with everybody. It was really just where everybody got together online and could really troubleshoot some ideas or just kind of shoot the breeze and uh, organize some things. There wasn't really any anything that really came of that. The NWA tournament, I don't believe, really was something that was a direct result of the NWLA for, uh, forum by any means. That was something that I think the London Wiffleball Ball Tournament uh, and the happenstance of the... Uh, PWL and KWL crossing paths um, and and over fighting over who who was going to keep the scared hitless name in in their league but that would not have happened were it not contact on the NWA forum but there was sort of some waning going on uh, with with some contact in that forum and things things were sort of just sort of dropping off a bit with the running of that website and i didn't have any webmaster access for the nwla website so i took it upon myself to write some on on my own on my own website i was the head columnist for the nwla i wrote probably i would say probably close to a dozen articles a year for the better part of about three years I would say um, up to this point. Mostly I would write just very simple articles. Like if there was a new league, I would sort of just get the beat on them. Or I would just interview, you know, some commissioners or uh, every now and then I'd write some more dense articles. Like uh, I wrote uh, an article about why there's more leagues in other parts of the country versus others. And it was uh, started from the topical all the way down to really in-depth articles like that. So, um, I just had a hunger just to write a lot and more in-depth and kind of cover things. But there wasn't really just a constant finger on the pulse of Wiffle just across the course of the internet. Um, things like Reddit and, and things like that didn't really have uh, a, a grip yet. And if there was anything like that, there was no focus for Wiffle So there wasn't really a... Online home for all things wiffle ball, where everybody could come and and take a look at. There was just all these little. Everybody kind of had their own corner (laughs) that you went to. So in the course of, I I started playing wiffle ball, you know, in an organized manner. Just to recap here for anybody who doesn't know, back in like two thousand one, and it went from. That was a time where literally you got your internet in the mail, like you got a disc from AOL <laughs> uh, in a subscription based to get your access to the internet. and there may have been you could probably count on one hand how many Wiffleball League websites there were. and then there was like things like wiffleball dot net where you could maybe network with other Wiffleball players and leagues and tournaments and whatever that way. but We went from that to sort of this, uh, it took a while to get there, but the NWA Forum. But there was just this uh, situation where it was kind of hard to get everybody to connect meaningfully in a long-term fashion. Uh, You could get, everyone kind of had their leagues and they stayed in their own lane. And there was sort of this confederation uh, mentality about things that was sort of hard to break away from. Everyone was close but far away. I don't really know how else to explain it. So it was sort of difficult to build a counterculture or or some sort of anything where everyone just kind of had a togetherness in in any other sense. I'm not sure if I'm doing a good job explaining this. I just wanted a place where like um, everybody knew if Wiffle Ball or somebody's league or something like that made it on the sports center. Because otherwise, that wasn't just common knowledge within the entire Wiffleball, air quote, community, if you know what I mean. So, uh, I'm not saying Wiffler's Digest is like the origin of that, but I'm just saying that that was my attempt, was I wanted a place where everyone could go and like, hey, it's on the Digest. Because there, uh, I knew there wasn't really a place for that. I knew that there was like a handful of sites like the NWA. Palisades WBL, Golden Stick. There was a, a website called Big League Wiffleball that was really popular at the time and then a couple of uh, league websites that were really popular like Wiffle in Southeast Michigan, Columbia Cowlitz Wiffle Association, Hessfield had a really popular website at the time and you know Wiffle Atlanta and some other places like that, but it's just I wanted to sort of take the legwork <laughs> out uh, out of that browsing for new Wiffleball uh, people new to Wiffleball and veterans alike I wanted to have just sort of it it all comes here a conglomeration of all this information I wanted an index I think is what I'm trying to say short story long <laughs> that that is what the Whifflers digest was it was a compendium of all these things together so um i I blogged and was like hey something wiffleball ended up being in the news or uh, I think Time Magazine had Wiffleball listed in, you know, the Century's 100 Best Toys at one point. So I wrote about that or just anytime there, it, like it got on Tosh.0 at one point, like when Wiffle Ball got on Tosh.0, um, that, when Tosh.0 was actually like a really popular show <laughs> at, at one point. Uh, the, the story is dating itself very quickly, if, if you're not noticing. So um, <laughs> that was uh, just to kind of give you an idea of, of the things that were written about, but uh, so I, I kind of went I think in pretty good detail about the what. So what about the when? So the very first post was at 5:34 p.m. on February 10th, 2011, and that would have been a day after work for me. <laughs> That was actually, interestingly enough, that would have been prior to uh, the start of the GDWL's last season. Um, most people that probably would have had any knowledge of me and my background would have assumed that I probably started this project after the GDWL died, but that's actually not the case. I, I knew that that the league was in its death row, so... Um, I had some time to fill (laughs) and I was already writing a lot anyway and this was sort of just a side project that I ended up just having even more time for once the GWL kicked off at that point so um, when I should have been you know had the league shown more promise and I should have been Using this time in February to prepare for spring training and the season opener, I, I started the Whiffler's Digest. And the first post says Welcome to the new blog known as Whiffler's Digest. This will be a place where you can hear the latest on anything going on in the Wiffleball world. While we currently have one writer, we are open to the idea of having other writers join, but we'll make do with the one writer we currently have. That's the great thing about blogs, only one person needed. Posts will be as frequent as possible with reviews on videos, websites, articles in newspapers or on the NWL website. I guess I should say sick in that situation, etc. If anyone is going if anything's going on that's interesting, it'll be posted on here and went on, etc. Actually the very first video I posted in this um in this posting, here was a video from Triple Play 1882, and he was a guy who was posting videos constantly in the mid uh, 2000 aughts there uh, about a field that he had. And I, I, I want to say he was in Missouri or, or somewhere in the Midwest like that, but he had a beautiful field, and uh, he was constantly posting, I mean, multiple times a month. But uh, that was how it started and, and when it started. But it went on through. <sighs> November 2013, I believe November 6, 2013 was the last uh, official blog post that we had on the website. Um, We actually went through two different websites. We had a blogspot or blogger website, and then we moved to WordPress later on. Now, we actually had three or four Issues of the magazine, which you can actually still access on either one of the websites. I believe we actually had uh, four issues of this magazine. I only see three on there, but this is so long ago. (laughs) I don't remember (laughs) uh, what the, um, I I believe it's the third issue would have looked like. But there are three issues (laughs) that are there Uh, if anyone wants to read uh, a time capsule of stuff from like 12 years ago. So it is there. But uh, yes, we're talking hundreds of, <laughs> of postings and quite a lot of articles within the pages of three magazine issues from that time period um, that encompasses about three years. So that that is the when. Moving on to the who. There's not Alan here. Who <laughs> is the... Wiffler's Digest. That was, or I should say, who was the Wiffler's Digest? That's even more um, difficult to answer. I get, primarily, that was me. I was the, the head editor and primary writer for the blog and the magazine, but there were many contributors to the Wiffler's Digest. It was a uh, collaborative effort, and one that I um, always had a hand out, wanting to get more people involved, but it was very difficult to get enough people to make it not a heavy, burdensome project. That was one of the many reasons why it was uh, not a very long-lasting endeavor. I mean, I did keep it going for about three years, but it was just very very labor-intensive, especially the magazine. I was very happy with each issue that came out, but, man, that was a very difficult... (laughs) project to, to put out um, when, when you're progressively doing it more and more uh, on, on your own. So uh, it was me uh, as far as a lot of the content, but Mason Everett, uh, in, in the first couple issues, he did a lot of the editing and, and the cover work, but uh, then a lot of that sort of went to uh, Brandon Corbett, who uh, is known probably more for uh, his work with Whiffle in Southeast Michigan for web design and being a co-commissioner and all these different things. But there were many writers uh, from all all different places. This, this was something else that was really a goal of mine. I wanted to sort of get out of the tribalism. There, It's not nearly as bad now as it was during the time that I started Whiffle's Digest, but it was very... You played for Golden Stick, you're one thing. And if you play for, like, a recreational backyard league, you know, you're another thing. And then Palisades, poor guys, they were, like, in their own... <laughs> there, there was, like, Palisades and maybe one or two other leagues. They were sort of in their own thing. Like, they had the intensity and the competition level of, like, Golden Stick, probably. But they wanted to maintain the autonomy. They kind of had the uh, attitude... Uh, of wanting to do their own thing like in the recreational leagues I just wanted to have a place where like now nah, man like we can all be under the same umbrella and that was something that wasn't always met with the same attitude that I was going for necessarily and I'll just kind of leave it at that but um so I had writers actually that were from everywhere at Scott Mar- Scott Martell. uh he was from Golden stick at that time I had Matt regler, uh, he actually helped me edit and, and proofread a lot of articles, and he wrote as well, uh, not just for the magazine, but also for the blog. I had a uh, column section for him called Regler's Digest. And he came up with that. I thought it was hilarious. We had a, a, a I'd say the bulk of our content was provided from my, my side of the world, which was uh, from the, the recreational backyard league. So uh, guys like not just me, but Brian Myers and Ryan Winfield from Kalamazoo. And uh, we had a guy, Luke Gagnon, um, that, that wrote a lot as well. A really young guy. Uh, wrote really good articles. And just, uh, you know, just anybody who would contribute at that point. Um, but we had cartoons that were contributed as well. That, uh we, we reviewed movies. There was a Wiffle Ball video game that came out for uh, Nintendo that we reviewed as well. That was uh, pretty interesting. Um, something else that uh, I believe uh, Excursion's Journey to Health actually still at least uses the image from our tournament tracker uh, and, and league tracker, or one or both of those things. The NWA, at that time, we were trying to just catalog as many leagues as possible, but it was starting to sort of not... I, I, I guess they felt like, nah, we got enough leagues or whatever, but I was like, no, man, we need to find them all. I, I looked at it like a Pokemon kind of <laughs> thing. I was like, I want to know who all is out there. Like, astronomers don't go, nah, we found enough. Like, no, you need to find them all, and you need to map them, and you need to catalog them, and you need to do all. Like, the, I think that there is some due diligence of knowing where everybody's at. Um, that's something that we would have all wanted to know when we first started and leave it better than you found it. That that was something that I had a belief in. I, I think that the NWA was sort of just like, it's just becoming this burgeoning thing. I don't know how to... <laughs> it's too many. And I wanted to make sure that, you know, th- there was a league tracker that was accurate. And I I was picky. And this is something I mentioned in, you know, a few episodes ago uh, that I hosted anyway. was like, eh, I was not so much hot on, like you have a MySpace. I'm not going to put that on there. If you had a website and it was current, you got on there. If I knew where you were. Um, and I did the same with tournaments. Um, if, if you email me, I knew where a tournament was going on. I put it on there. So that was uh, at, at the time, during that time, and, and a couple years after I stopped doing it. So for a good five-year, six-year period, uh, this was the best tournament tracker. And I'm, I'm glad to say that way too beautiful um, probably has the best tournament tracker, uh, in the country. Now there may be a couple other websites that still do it, but, uh, in my opinion, uh, just from my casual perusing here, way too beautiful, uh, has sort of picked up the mantle on that, in my opinion. I think it's important that, uh, we, we always know <laughs> what's going on because people sort of dip out for a bit in the sport and come back and it shouldn't, it shouldn't require too much work to find out where are the tournaments because. When you go on Google and you try to find these things out, the algorithm doesn't always help with that because as newspapers sort of fall out of favor and you have to have a subscription to get the information, that information's not coming across in Google when just any t- Tom, Dick, or Harry's just Googling for it. Having this information be found and you know presented on a website like Way Too Beautiful has is important so that it can be found. The same in my opinion, should be done for a league tracker as well. But uh, anyway, I've kind of harped on that for a minute. So moving on. That that was one of the things out, outside of just the basic blog and the magazine that Whiffler's Digest was known for was the, the tracking of those two things. If you still get the e-journey to health, which is, uh, if you don't know, that's where you can... Probably the most reliable place you can buy wiffle ball equipment. Not just bats and balls, but backstops, fencing, all that kind of stuff. They they still link those things as well. This leads me to the why. Um I <laughs> I think in going over all these things, the the why is sort of a foregone conclusion of like, well why did I do this? And it's like, well, it seems kinda obvious. Why did I do it and why do it and all these different things. So I, I think maybe the only way to sort of complete this loop would be to why did I stop doing it? Why does anybody do anything? Why does anybody stop <laughs> doing anything? Um, I got tired. The burnout was real. I, I think here here was my routine during the time that I ran the Whiffler's Digest. Keep in mind that I was still in college during the time that uh, I, I was a dual degree graduate by the time I got out of college. And uh, I was a teaching major as well. And so I wasn't just in school. I was also working and uh, in the process of student teaching, and before you actually go into your student teaching semester, you're doing what they call clinical. So, any given point, you're doing case studies uh, and, and doing observations in the classroom and stuff. So, like I had very little time to myself whatsoever. So, normally I would wake up at five, six o'clock in the morning. I'd make some, like a pot of coffee. I'd sit down at my computer, and I would just start Googling wiffle ball stuff. A lot of times. Uh, after a while, people just started emailing me their things like, Hey, i got a tournament coming up or, Hey, I've got this league. And that, that would save me some time. But in the early days, that was just not, <laughs> that's not how it worked at all. I had to go looking for this information and there were, you know, feeds that I had subscribed to on Google and, and things like that to try to cut down on the amount of sleuthing that, that you did. Um, to to try to find this information because I I knew it was out there, and I had to bring it to the people. And if like if I'm having this much difficulty finding it, then I know other people are going to as well. Make make going to this website worth the time for any potential readers. What was a goal of mine, uh, especially in the early days, and it was always a goal, but I it was very hard mining (laughs) at, at the beginning because it was like well. What can I offer that's not already going to be at the NWA website or at somebody else's website? So it was kind of hard to find find that niche. And once I did, then it, it got to be a little easier. But once you started finding information and that free flow, then it got a lot easier. But still, it didn't change that every day I'm sitting down at my computer before even going to work. You know, at like 5, 6 o'clock in the morning, I'd be there for like an hour, two, three hours sometimes. Uh, total because I'd be there for like an hour or so go to work I wouldn't come back to you know after school or whatever 10 11 o'clock and I'd be on my computer writing doing whatever (laughs) and it's just you know you work on the magazine the magazine was always a goal for it to be a bi-monthly thing but that just became an insurmountable task because of the design element and all these different things and it was just very difficult to do that Uh, so I just over time became more focused on the blog aspect because that was just more realistic uh, because that was uh, really hard to if you're only doing it bi-monthly seasons past so far the content that you're coming up with that's going to go into the magazine will be obsolete um, a lot of times so it's very difficult to come up with uh, stories that were going to hold up over time by the time it hit. Quote, the Rack, or whatever. <laughs> and man, some of these stories, they it, it didn't matter how, long, how much time would pass. People were just absolutely, depending on what tribe they were from, they would just lose their shit. Like, uh, man, I tell you. Uh, and I guess this is probably not the best story to have started with, but the, the cover story. Uh, PEBs, Performance Enhancing Bats. Man, boy, did that go over well. <laughs> I mean, it was part satire, but also, like, when you consider... You know, the perspective that it was written from, it was written from the perspective of someone that plays in a yellow bat league. Of course, it's not going to be favorable. Not everybody is going to try to understand other people's perspective and viewpoints and things, but it was sort of doomed before it got out of the starting block there. So, uh, And then during our our last article, we tried to rank the top 15 recreational pitchers and then just you know the best pitchers just overall regardless of what kind of format they did and oh yeah yeah that was that was not good you know so uh because people everyone thinks that they're the best or whatever and uh when it's subjective to opinion that's one thing but when people are just like no my opinion is fact i'm like okay cool um so but uh when people it's fine when they want to tear down and you start looking in the comments section underneath like uh, something on Cut4 the MLB's thing or whatever. Everyone, it's kind of an understood thing that the internet is just poison. It's like, oh, okay, well, uh, you'd be served just as well to go underneath your kitchen cabinet and just drink something from under there than to spend much time on the internet. That's just the way things are. But uh, when you're talking back in like 2012, 2013, and it's a project that is barely off the ground, just trying to kind of get things going and keep conversation going and uh, make make something happen and people are just trying to just uh, trample over something rather than help prop it up and buttress it, it's pretty disheartening to try to keep things going. Plus the burnout factor of that. So that, and it was during a time where I was ending my capstone program and, and all these different things, it was just not feasible <laughs> among many other reasons to kind of continue the Whiffler's Digest. Now during 2011, I'd actually got, I was a beat reporter and photographer and videographer for the 2011 London Wiffleball Tournament. That was the cover story for the second issue uh, of the Woodforce Digest magazine. Interviewed a ton of people, got to actually witness the scared, hitless standoff between uh, KWL and PWL, which ended up being the precursor for what would become the NWA tournament. Uh, you know, interviewed Galloway and all these different things. And it wasn't for that. I would have never went out to. Uh, hang out with Galloway the following April. There would be no HWL as a result of that. So, I mean, it's a really seminal time from, from that entire period uh, in, in many ways uh, in, in terms of wiffle ball from something very minor, which I think we can all agree, HWL, totally, uh, all the way to the creation and foundation of the NWA tournaments, uh, depending on, on your viewpoint and what tribe uh, you're in. I still think we're a little bit into that. I don't know it's just I could talk forever about Wilford's Digest about some of the particulars and the stories that were written uh and, and some of the just dumb stuff that sort of happened <laughs> during during that time but uh, I was mostly positive and, and interesting things I, I, I people used to ask me all the time oh man you should bring it back or don't you have like one more issue in you or or whatever uh you stopped at three don't you have four or uh or you had four don't you just do five I only see three (laughs) there must have been just three it's it's such an undertaking um to do it that uh, i once you're done with something at least if you're me when i'm done i'm done when you leave something lie um i don't want to taint it by trying to like half-ass it and go back into it so um i'm happy with the project as it is uh it was complete um you know as far as i could take it and uh I, I'm not aware of anything else out there that was like the Whifflers Digest. I think uh, Golden Stick had some type of a publication. I, I I had talked, man, a long time on the phone one time with uh, Lou. Um, I I never could figure out how to, to to say his last name. I apologize if he, I doubt he listens to this, but uh, Levisk or Levesque, Um He was the president of the Golden Stick Whiffle League um, at the time and. He was like, "Oh man, uh, I always wanted to do a magazine or whatever." We we talk a lot um, about this, and he read Whiffler's Digest all the time, which really surprised me. But uh, he and I we chatted all the time, and we could not have had more different perspectives on this sport. And that was that was what I was going for with the Whiffler's Digest. I was like, I just want everybody in this sport to talk to each other and not just be holed up and us to sort of have these factions or whatever because we all always want the game that we we never have understood i think and it comes up every now and then if i talk to more than like four people in a room uh, about what what's like how come this isn't on you know espn 4 or whatever and i think a lot of it is because we've just not all gotten on board with the same thing and i don't necessarily believe it's you know, tournament circuits and all these different things. I think that it's somewhere in the middle between, I don't think it's fun beer league or whatever either, where someone's like sucking on a keg pipe and, you know, walking backwards around the bases and that stuff. Like they got kickball for that. But um, I also don't think it's going to be, Hey, some guy that just missed his call to (laughs) triple I think it's somewhere in the middle. And I think if we ever find that place uh, and we all get there. But also, I, I like the fact that there is a spectrum uh, of wiffle ball leagues and, and whatever. There There is some place for everybody uh, and, and different skill sets and, and different temperaments and interests uh, as far like if there's a league for you out there. It's just I wish that there were more leagues and more tournaments across this country so that. If you're the kind of person, like, if you're somebody who's just, you know, super intense and want to be competitive and you live in Arkansas, I'm sorry, my friend. There's just probably no no league for you. <laughs> in fact, there's just no league of any kind probably for you if you're in Arkansas. That's just the facts. But uh, I don't know. I'm rambling now. But, uh, the Whiffler's Digest was a passion project that went on for a few years. It kind of started with something to fill my time and... It just sort of went on and lingered. Uh, It sort of dovetailed uh, into the HWL, so I just ran out of time to continue on with it. There were other collaborators that I thought would maybe continue on with it, but it's just it really ran out of steam once I was going through graduation, running my new league and all these different things, and that was it. The websites are still up. If you go to whifflersdigest.wordpress.com or if you go to whifflersdigest.blogger, or blogspot.com, I can't remember what it is. I'm looking it up right now. Uh, whifflersdigest.blogspot.com Both those websites are still up. You can still read all those posts. You can still see all three of the issues in the magazine. Um, it's all still there. Oh, I, I forgot to mention uh, uh, Golden Stick actually did do a magazine um, at one point, called Holes Up, that was pretty cool. But this all was inspired by uh, Wiffle Two K. There was a, a league I mentioned on an episode on here, long like last year about dead leagues. That was a, a league in California, and in in the winter, they would do a Swinging for Santa tournament. I think they raised money for some charity or something, and uh, they did like a this was. Pretty amazing. It was a left-to-right scrolling thing. Uh, and we're talking like in 2004. I don't know how they <laughs> swung this, but we're, we're talking like 2010 graphics, like six or seven years ahead of their time. But uh, it was a left-to-right scrolling uh, widescreen magazine that they did that was probably 20 pages long about the league and the tournament and the event and uh, some of the players and stuff. And that, that was something that just... Stuck with me when I first saw that, and became an inspiration for the Whiffler's Digest when I did it. And we actually made the dimensions of the Whiffler's Digest each each issue to be the size of like a Reader's Digest because I always thought the Reader's Digest was uh, a for old people. Uh, <laughs> especially now, it's like almost exclusively prescription ads. Uh, but I always thought the dimensions were really cool. It's like man, you could fit it in a bag. Um, you fit it in your hand very easily. It was just very on the go. Uh, but also the dimensions make it to where uh, you don't have to write these gargantuan articles to make it take up several pages. I thought that was <laughs> the main allure. But uh, that, and uh, I like a good gimmick. But uh, anyway, I I could fill hours and hours and hours talking about the Whippler's Digest. I hope that there was even one iota of interest for anybody listening to this. Um, because I started thinking like the, the very last post that I put on that website was back in 2016. I mean, we had people that were following this website from Russia and Japan and Taiwan, there were leagues in all these countries that would would communicate with us, but we hadn't posted on that website since 2016. I still got the Facebook that, you know, I'll share something on there very sparingly, maybe once or twice a year. But for the most part, really haven't done anything since, like, 2016 at all uh, with the Whiffler's Digest. And that's the way that it's more or less going to stay. There's I don't plan on doing a, another issue or anything like that unless there's, like, extreme interest and in a lot of heavy lifting with collaboration or something like that. And it would just be, like, a one-off or something. But other than, other than that, like, I'm, like, 99% dead set against, like, nah, I'm never going to do that. So um, it was a very fun... Uh, thing to do but very much of its time I don't think that the demand really mandates something like that now because everything is you know you have TikTok Instagram like all these social media things where it's just like no one's going to wait for this article everyone's just blah all this information all the time it's out there all at once so I mean any of you out there right now are you reading a magazine ever I mean really think about that that's what I thought. So, <laughs> um, but uh, at at the risk of rambling or boring anybody to swerve off the road so they don't make it to work, I'm going to stop. I will speak with you guys next Friday. Monday is just around the corner, and there will be more holy commutes. Interested to hear what you guys may remember, uh, if anything about Wiffler's Digest uh, you guys can tweet me at at makewifflegrade or at holycommutes H-O-L-E-Y commutes on Twitter Uh, I will speak with you guys again next Friday which will be just one day before my season starts with HWL damn it I can't wait